I'm Tanner. And I'm Erica. And this podcast is about nothing in particular. But it's also about everything going on in our lives. The biggest things going on in our life right now are the Elvis movie. Yes. And we just returned from vacation. Oh, yeah. How many times have we seen the Elvis movie? Four times now. In in the theater. So the first time we went by ourselves. The next time we went with Noah, our oldest. The next time... We went with the girls on vacation. Oh, yeah. And the fourth time we went with the girls on vacation. They are crushing big time on Austin Butler, which is hilarious because he's your age. <laughs> That's right. He is. We're, I think he's like 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was born in 91, so I hear. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a fantastic movie. And the fact that I guess that it appeals to the younger crowd as well says a lot about it. It was just a really, really well done film you might remember if you've listened to the podcast earlier we visited graceland in april April, which is elvis presley's home for those of you who don't know so we're fairly big fans but i would say that today compared to then we're even bigger fans or at least i am yeah elvis was ingrained in my childhood my dad was a huge elvis fan music going all the time Um, He thought he was Elvis for a period of time. He actually was an impersonator, had the whole white jumpsuit outfit and the whole nine. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see a picture of that. It was kind of embarrassing. Like, I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember. Because he wasn't cool then. You know, now he's cool again. Right, right. How somebody can go in and out of being cool having been dead for 44 years is pretty interesting to me. And I don't know how true this is, but in the film... Spoiler spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it. Highly recommend, by the way, if you couldn't tell by our four watches in the theater. Towards the end of the movie, in his later years, he died very young. But in his later years, he was talking about, he, he seemed kind of depressed. And he told his ex-wife, Priscilla, during Scylla. a... Scylla. <laughs> during a, a child exchange. Um He'd never done anything lasting in his life. And at this point, his career was almost over. He died a year later, according to the movie, from from that point. And again, I don't know how accurate that is or if that's truly how he felt. Think about how little Lisa Marie was when he died. Yeah. Like three, four. Really young. Yeah. And it's incredible. I can't think of any other artist or figure other than maybe God. (laughs) that has such an impact in their industry so long after their death. I mean, you could argue like different artists like Van (laughs) Van Gogh or like famous like painters and things like that, I guess. But I mean... If he re-released a song tomorrow, it would go to number one again. The fact that he still sells as many records and as many songs as he does being dead for 40 years crazy 44 years has it been 40 it's been 44 yeah, years oh, yeah he died just a few weeks after you were born two weeks after you were born mm-hmm. incredible incredible and it, i gotta give props to priscilla too because graceland was kind of a sinking ship they didn't have enough well, the money be- the whole business was without to- elvis without their meal ticket basically i mean everybody was on the teat they didn't have the money to maintain it. Mm-mm. They didn't have the money to pay the bills, you know, and she 
thought she had the the thought that enough people loved Elvis that they would pay to come visit his home. And boy, was she right. It's really big of her, too, because there were so many bad memories in that house, so many good memories in that house. I think... I mean, that's where he died. That's where he died. That's where his mom died, too, right? Yeah. That's where they're buried. I mean... She knows all the the intimate details of everything that that went on there. And I think some, a lot of ex-wives would have just sold it, taken their money and run. run. Yeah. And obviously she's a smart woman and whatever and saw the, the, the business opportunity. But it's not just that for her. I mean, she still is very connected to him to this day. And she will, you know, on our tour when <clears throat> when we were there. And you can go back and listen to that episode uh, when we talk more about in depth about going to Graceland. But she still goes there. She still goes there. She has her a room there. Her she has her room there that she her sleeps she there. Sleeps, she sleeps there. Lisa For Marie like holidays and also things. yeah. Both of them do the the mom and the daughter. They both will sleep there. They have their bedrooms. It's all as if it were normal. It's a regular functioning house, but it's also open to tourism. Well, as well the but not the upstairs where they the sleep. upstairs yeah is their private. That was Elvis's private quarters, and that's where he passed away. And so, and the tour never goes upstairs. No, it's all downstairs. They've the, kept that the private. main floor and the basement. Yeah, they've kept that private. And all these years later, people are still lining up. I had a little bit of an observation the other day because I've heard music. You know, my parents, my grandparents, of course, like everybody else, they expose you to Elvis Presley. Like, there's no way that you can have a childhood in the United States and not be exposed to Elvis Presley on, to some At degree. At some point. Everybody knows the name. It's like the Babe Ruth. The with the wiggling you know, legs. Everybody's totally. seen it. The big glasses. To, in, to some degree, everybody knows who Elvis Presley is. And I would hear his songs and I was like, oh, he has a very unique voice. You know, it's neat. Like I, he's good for the time. You know, the sound is a little bit weird, but that's how they were in the back, back in the days. If your only exposure to Elvis has been through pictures and hearing his voice, like hearing his music, you haven't experienced Elvis. I would say, in my personal opinion, Elvis Presley is 30% voice and 90% stage presence. So that's 120%? Well, that's what you get for the king. He didn't need a 70%. But the arm true. swinging. The real magic of, of, of being an Elvis Presley fan, or I think why so many people are Elvis Presley fans, are not necessarily because of his voice. Yes, it was great and tremendous, and he paved the way. A lot of techniques and things that he used, uh, people still utilize and have perfected to this day. But it's the onstage presence that is so wildly captivating it and mesmerizing. It is mesmerizing. You cannot not look. You cannot. It's something about what he's doing up there is just captivating. This is coming from a dude, a straight dude. <laughs> I can't imagine being a teenager back in those days. Well, they showed them in yes. the movie, <laughs> letting out these squeals that they what how like did had they, no control over it. They said uh, that these girls were not sure. If they had ever felt these feelings before. Not sure if they should feel these feelings. Or if they should, yes. So yeah, if you haven't, I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't seen Elvis Presley perform, look up a video on YouTube and you'll know exactly what I'm saying. Now, since we've been watching the movie, since we first saw the, this Elvis movie, by the way, 
another thing that I really like about this movie is that it has been tell tell him what the quote was from uh, Lisa Marie from from Priscilla. Well, both of them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Marie is the one that I would feel most comfortable quoting because I read her saying that finally her dad has been portrayed in a more accurate way and in a way that yeah. they could be proud of. They both watched the film Priscilla, who's the wife, Elvis's ex-wife, and uh, Lisa Marie, who's the daughter. They both watched the film, you know, a couple of weeks before it was released, and they both said that it's the most accurate representation, you know, because lots of people have done, you know, books and articles and films and... Priscilla wrote a book. Documentaries. Elvis and Me. Mm-hmm. And, uh... They said it's never more accurately been portrayed. But you know what I'm annoyed with? What? Whenever I talk about Elvis being the greatest, there's always that, well, Priscilla was 14 and he was 24 when they met, you know? And I'm just like, yes, that's gross today. But my mom, being from Guatemala, when she would date, she dated men way older than her. It was a thing. People forget that times were different. Very. Not that long ago, it wasn't a big deal for an adult man to be dating a teenager. Weird. Weird as it sounds. Extremely Um, weird. But I don't think that Priscilla has once regretted being a Presley. She seems very proud. And I mean, at this point, you know, Elvis has been dead for so long. She could have come out right after that and soiled his name. And everyone would have been fine with it. Oh, I think yeah. she did at first. She was, she was groomed. She was this and that. And I, I remember uh, there was a documentary where she did at some point say like that she was sad about how it happened or something like that. But there she is still. I mean, she's been remarried. I don't know how many times. And she's still Priscilla Presley. So. <laughs> I, but the thing, the thing of it is, too, is that. You're talking about the biggest superstar that has ever walked the planet. I think it's. I think you can't argue that. You go to Japan and you ask someone who. They know. Who who Elvis Presley is? They know. They know. A lot of other artists, they m- probably wouldn't know. George Strait. Mm, maybe. Wouldn't know. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And even just being in such close proximity, his wife, you take on a little bit of that as well. Well probably a lot of it as well. And humans just are not made to deal with that kind of attention, especially not back then. Oh, no. There was no, nobody at that point, you had Frank Sinatra, you had all, you know, James Dean, you had all these big superstars. Nobody could touch Not even holding a candle to Elvis Presley in terms of fame. And nobody knew how to deal with it. Mental Mental health was not a thing. He sure didn't. Obviously he didn't. No, what we left there or what I left there thinking was how much we consumed him because we were just hungry, right? We wanted to see the next outfit, just used the him next to, just song, used him to death. The next concert, the next performance, like we were all about it and he was not cared for. We all loved him. Everybody used him. But nobody cared for him. And so he was not in good hands and you and I both talked about this. This was the biggest DIY job oh known to gosh. man. It is. I wish so badly, and I'm sure everybody does, whenever they talk about Elvis, like, I wish I could see him today. Like, how would things be different if he 
was as massive as a star then, like now as he was then. Like we know more about mental health. We know more about management. We know more about all of the things to keep a person from going down the path maybe that he did. Um, for those of you who don't know, Elvis, his business manager was his dad. I think his dad had a third grade education. Very uneducated family mm-hmm. altogether. Business managing the biggest Millions superstar that yeah. the world has ever seen. Yeah. His agent was a circus performer. He had only previously managed, I guess, a name Hank Snow. But again, he wasn't he wasn't in the music in like he had never managed a superstar before. No. Not even not even close to the degree of this. Everybody around him that's helping him make decisions that are managing his life, that are trying to help him be successful, all DIY jobs. The all, Memphis Mafia. All uh his little friends. Not qualified. All not qualified. They're just they're just friends. They're just Riding. You you were in my group when I was poor. Now I'm wealthy. I'm gonna give you these jobs. Exactly. Let's they, bring you up too. And it was the biggest botch job yes. of all time. And that's why he died uh that's why he died early. He was around the time of his death, like just maybe within that year, he was performing night after night after night with no break. Well, I think they said in five years he had performed 800 shows. That's too much. Poor well, guy. Well, I mean, think about it. You have 365 days a year times five. That's <clears throat> every a, other night. It's about 1,200 nights, give or take. Um, that's a lot of shows, my guy. Yeah. And, you know, he was, as weird as it sounds, he wasn't in the public eye as much as a superstar of his caliber would be now. So a lot of people didn't know how poorly, like how badly he was being abused. You would see articles in the newspaper, but, and you might see like a news story about him, but it's not like he had Instagram or Twitter where he could be giving you like daily updates and you saw the state of him. Like people Brittany. would, yeah, people would just save up money, you know, and go to the International Hotel in Vegas, and that's like the only exposure they really had to him. He How was just nuts. an idealistic thing that they heard on the radio, but they don't know really like what his state was. And I feel like if in more his people, everyday life, yeah, I feel like if more people were more aware of his situation at that point, I, I would hope somebody would stay stand in. But man, it's just. But he was really difficult too, because he was so again, he just, was like addicted to. The applause and the crowd and being loved and the people. And a lot of it was his own doing, but that's also all he knew. And again, there's no playbook for the amount of fandom that he had for the massive popularity that he had. You're just He couldn't go somewhere and go away from people like stars do now. There was nowhere like exclusive like that, Mm -mm. you know? Now they have like private islands you can rent. You don't have to worry about the paparazzi and all that. But he never even left the country. Never left the country. Never. Other, other than to be in the service right. when he served in Germany. But never toured. Never, never toured worldwide. And he still had the impact without ever stepping foot on another country's land to perform. How weird is that? Fascinating. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. And it's just like, it's one of those things where the more you talk about it, the more frustrated you get that he's not here. Yeah. 
you know? For sure. Did you notice on the plane yesterday, the girls, Nora and Lily, were listening to Trouble? They were listening to the soundtrack from the movie. And Nora's, like, mouthing. Yeah. You looking for trouble? You came to the right place. It's so cute. Yeah, it is. It's neat to see them kind of... liking something that we like <laughs> finally right yeah i guess so well now they want to go to graceland like mm. maya goes i it would be really cool to go there now that i know so much about him and she goes yeah i mean it's his music's part of my childhood i i knew all the songs you know i didn't know all the words to every song but i've definitely heard them they were familiar, familiar. yeah because i've always played elvis for them ever since they were little and so now she sees him in a whole different light. She thought he was kind of cheesy. And... Yeah. Again, if if only if your only image is like the jumpsuit and the voice and all that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. The movie portrayed it really well. The director um, also directed Moulin Rouge. So it had a lot of like wow factor and how they... Some of it reminded me of um, not Wayne's World... Austin Powers a little bit. The a music. Small, uh, yeah, one of the music one scenes. One of the scenes, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And that comeback that special as well. outfit with the leather bracelet. Yeah, I mean, I'm go watch it again right now. I know. Let's, we should plan our next trip. It's supposed to... <laughs> to, to Graceland. To Graceland, yeah. It's supposed to um, be available on HBO Max mm. in August. Okay, I'm in. So that's soon. So we mentioned, obviously, that we were on vacation this year. Vacation is where we saw the movie twice. Twice, yeah. With the girls. Which is funny. insisted, yeah. It's one of those nice things. We went to Miami, so we were escaping the heat and just doing something that was, A, affordable, and B, out of the hot, blazing sun. How affordable, exactly? Well, not that affordable, but more affordable than some of the other options that that could happen. But, um, yeah, so... Every year we'd like to take the kids on a little vacation. Um, we kind of alternate between like mountain vacations, like usually Colorado, or a beach vacation. And we um, Last year we went to Puerto Rico, which was our beach vacation. But Loved this year it. we went to Miami. We spent a week in Little Havana, um, right in the heart of all things Cuban. Tanner will tell you he's an official Cuban at this point. The only thing you haven't tried is a cigar. But, right. uh, yeah, I didn't try a cigar. The cafecito, the panecitos, yeah. the preparaditos, the cortaditos. I'm going to put out a, a plea to the Cuban people to accept me and adopt me into their culture and their lifestyle. How cool is it that people were talking to you in Spanish? Yeah, I just, I, it's... Do you feel dumb because you don't know the answer? I want to be able to connect with them. So, yeah, not dumb that I can't answer them, but... I want to... Wouldn't it be cool to hear all the stories and... I just, well, I, I want to respect them. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, like they would talk to me and I would just have to respond in English. Like, cause, because I know what they're saying. I know what they're talking about. I know what information they're wanting from me or what they're saying. I don't know how to respond in Spanish. And um, but I would I like do. to, but I would like to be on that on that level with them to some degree. So I would, yeah, I would really like to know how to communicate in Spanish a little bit better, but... Um, nice people. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we stayed. Did you say we stayed in Calle Ocho? Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of Little Havana. Little Havana. Yeah. So it was incredible. Um, many different things about it. Uh, it's as if you were in. It, it's probably the only place in the, in the United States that I've ever been that felt like a different country. 
there were a couple of times where I was reminded that we weren't in a different country. Really? Two times. Let's hear. Well, neither of the I we it was never when we were actually like out and about. It was always when like uh we were at the at the Airbnb or something like that where I had to remind myself, "Oh, I'm in my I'm in America." Because <laughs> I would I was associating Miami with like Cuba basically. Well, totally. And the house that we stayed in was all decorated Cuban. And all of the neighbors were all locals. locals. Yeah. yeah. So we were kind of in the heart of it. And uh, which we really like. We do that on purpose. We like to give our kids the, the culture. But yeah, twice I had to remind myself that Miami was the United States. Because when you're in there, and if you've ever been to that street and that downtown little Havana area, you might know what I'm talking about. But everybody speaks to you in Spanish. They don't assume that you... Uh, aren't Cuban or Cubans come in every shade of the rainbow. Totally. There were several times where even I was like, oh, that person's totally white. Nope. And I never heard him speak English. (laughs) That's how my grandpa was. He always flew under the radar as because he was like 6'1", very light skinned and white hair. He had dark hair at one point, but Mm -hmm. his hair was light and his eyes were kind of hazel. So he told me one time because he lived in San Francisco you know, for a while yeah, and retired there. He told me that on public transportation, sometimes people would have big old long in-depth conversations <laughs> with him. In English. And then at the very end, whenever ever they were getting off or he was getting off, he'd stand up and say, no, I speak English and then get <laughs> off the bus. <laughs> That's really funny. He just didn't have the heart because he, he'd be like, yeah. Mm, like he knew mm. how to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. You know, like he knew like a couple words. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't know what they were saying to him. But he could, you know, go with the flow enough on right. public transportation to hide it. Until he couldn't. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I know speaking English. That is hilarious. But, you know, it was funny. Sorry, I totally changed the subject. When he was uh, on, like, high-dose pain meds, mm-hmm. he was speaking English. What? Yeah. To the nurses. Like, full sentences? Like... Like, words we had no idea he knew. No you know? kidding. Yeah. He... he Knew them, but he was, like, too shy to say them or whatever. Maybe that's all I need are some pain meds. <laughs> and I could speak Spanish. Oh, that's funny. I'll let you know. I got an I got a B in Spanish class for two hey, years. Hey, a B. So think about that for a second. I think you hold your own pretty well. You understand what's going on. Maya does, too. Lily absolutely does not. Noah does. I almost always know what's being talked about. But it takes so much concentration because if I if I tune out for like three seconds, it's like oh, You're done. something different. Yeah. 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 I'm, I've, I've lost track. I have to like be really focused. Yeah. There's this one place that we liked so much. It was called Party Cakes. Oh, my gosh. We we slept on it because it was <laughs> the, the name was terrible. Yeah. Unsolicited uh, business advice. It's going to be our next TikTok channel. Have a decent name for your business. Party, party Cakes is uh, anyway. It's been around, I guess, they opened in 94. I read the whole story about them. But it's right on the 8th Street down there in the little Havana area. And my goodness. It was it was something that I looked forward to. Oh, the first and I've ne- I coffee never lo- they brought you, you took a sip and started clapping. You, This isn't I mean, like you. No, it was incredible. Everything, and again, they thought that I could speak Spanish. Even though we went there day after day, they they never picked up that I didn't speak Spanish. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but they would call me, uh, what, what would they call me? Uh, muchacho. Yeah. They would call me Muchacho all the time, <laughs> which I thought was great. 
the chacho. <laughs> and gosh, and this is especially great on vacation because there were five of us. So food could get a little expensive. Especially today in yeah. this economy. We, all five of us, would have a full breakfast. We're talking a sandwich, a pastry, and a drink. Eric and I would get like a coffee or, a, you know, espresso or, and you know, the kids might get a juice or something like that. Never paid more than $30 for five of us. And today, here, today, a couple I, blocks from our house. I went and got a coffee and a sandwich for, for Erica and I. Yeah, for each of us. So two sandwiches and two coffees. 27. Well. Almost 28. I'm assuming you tipped. No. You didn't tip? Was I supposed to? It's just a drive-thru. I've never tipped on a drive-thru. We tip at Dutch Bros every time we go. Oh, yeah. The Are you scam crazy? artist. No, I mean, no. She didn't give me any oh, option like that. No. Okay. 20, oh, it was like twenty-seven sixty or something you like that. You can tip in the window on the card. I don't... Just about don't anywhere these days. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. I don't think they gave me the option. Well, you told me. Oh, my She gosh. was a flirt. That was the most bizarre encounter I've ever had. Erica always tells me that I never really notice when someone's like, what do you say? Checking you out. Or yeah, whatever. something like that. I'm I'm just oblivious. You know, I'm not I'm not interested. I'm I'm usually looking right through them or, you know, something something different. And in, in all honesty, never have I seen you checking anybody out. Not even like before we were like really serious. Mm. It's not your personality. That's not how you are. I'm just not, I'm so much more interested in other things. You know, I'm looking at the artwork and like the details of the place and And other things that are interesting, you know. You're so in love with me. Well, duh. That. Yeah. That that part. artwork. Well, I mean, that part of my life was fulfilled. So, I mean. Keep going. What do you need? Keep going. What else? What else? (laughs) What else would I be looking for? No. So this was so bizarre. I guess it warrants a little, a little minute here, a little blip. So I make I make the, text, the order. I, let me tell them what the text that I got said. Okay. You're going to have to come over here and take care of business on this worker here at blank coffee shop. I've never been so uncomfortable in my life. <laughs> Massively uncomfortable. Okay, put we yourself... We haven't talked about this since you got home either, which I kind of wanted like an, a play by... Like a acting out. Well, here it is. Okay. So I make the order. This is a pretty long line. There were three cars in front of me, and I was the fourth car. And then there were no more cars behind me. And it was taking a really long time, which I guess doesn't have anything to do with the story. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I get up to the window. You know, they're like, okay, pay, you know, pay at the first window. It'll be twenty-seven sixty at the first window. And I was like, geez. I were just you really? fed my whole family for $28 with high-quality Food, authentic not food, not authentic, not frozen Cuban microwave. coffee and handmade pastries and <laughs> beautiful bread and all this thing that I was watching these Cubans make right in front of me. It was incredible. And now I'm paying the same amount of money for two people for a half a star instead of six stars. <laughs> so I'm pulling up to the window and, uh, you know, I've got my I got, I've got my card ready. The glass door slides open, and this girl sticks half her whole body out of... And I was in the van, yes, and I have, like, really wide mirrors, so I give a little bit of birth. You know, I don't want to get so close to the thing. I don't want to get really close, but 
I was not egregiously out there. Like I could very comfortably, uh, you know, pay and get the food and all that. Very comfortably. <laughs> yeah. She, I'm not kidding you. Like her waist was where the sliding glass door no. was. We're talking a full bend at the waist coming out of the thing. And I was like, geez. And like I try and, so, and she was, and mind you in the past, every time we've paid here, they've taken our card. They open up the window, tell us the total. I hand them the card. They take it. The window closes. Last they time charge I went, it. they gave me the machine. Okay. I, I wasn't with you. I must not have been with you. You weren't. So I thought that was weird anyway. So right at, right from it's the get. I think COVID is getting rowdy again. Maybe they're being more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So, yes. So I was not used to that. She opens the, the door and full half body straight out of the thing. And I was like, whoa, I didn't say that, but I was like, geez. And I try to put my card in the bottom slot. You know how you can slide the chip into that bottom slot? Mm-hmm. And she. That's she, what they're calling it these was, days. Oh, my gosh. She was so close to the van and she like kind of offered the thing to to me even closer. So at this point, there's so little of a gap between the van and the the point of sale card reader that there's no room to put the card in there. Because That's how close she is. Because her much. body is out of the building and she is <laughs> holding the thing out to me so close to the van that I can't put but I see on the screen that it says tap to pay. And so I take, you know, I at, at this point I'm reaching towards the uh and I could tell she like in my peripherals, I could tell that she was looking at me. You know how you get that, like, someone's looking at me mm-hmm. kind of look, kind of feeling. And so when I'm now deciding to go and tap my card instead of put it in the chip reader, I glance up because I'm like, is this, is she really staring at me this way? Because it felt invasive and I had not made eye contact at this point. Okay. And I glance up at her, and she's got these, like, six-foot-long eyelashes. Oh, pretty. You know, it was, like, from a movie. You see, like, when they're, like, batting their eyelashes. Oh, like a cartoon. Yes, like a cartoon. And she has this massive smile on her face. She had an ab... I don't don't know if abnormally large is... She had a big mouth. Or maybe she was just really close to me. I don't know. And I was like, whoa. And I just, like, went back down. I'm like, that is... This is so weird. And what was so weird... What do you mean you went back down? Like my gaze went back down at the card reader. And it's not working. Mm. She probably disabled it. So it's even more awkward because she's... She had the disable on a foot pedal. I can feel her presence like inches away from me. Like this close? Yes, it was so awkward. It was so awkward. We are inches apart from each other right now. We're probably, yeah, about a foot away from each other because we're both using the same microphone. But my eyes are going a little crossed. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, what is going on right now? And the stupid card reader is not Wouldn't working. Work. And I just felt she disabled so, it with the foot pedal. I just felt so uncomfortable. And thank the Lord, finally, it went through. I mean, it was probably only three seconds, but to me, it felt like a full-blown minute yeah. that I'm just sitting there. And it went through, and, like, I take the card away, and, like, I lean, like, I, you know, I'm taking the card back, and so, and I look up again. And she was still, she wasn't full halfway out the window like she was, but she was still very much out of the window. And she was like, I can't remember what she said, have a great day or something like that. But I was like, 
I almost wish that I had like a camera or something. I'm like, because it was what that just crazy. It was. It was just so massively uncomfortable. It was like when we were in that sales presentation the other day. Oh, yeah. Where the guy just pauses and just stares at you. That's Waiting for you of, to be like, yeah, I want to buy that. That's the that's the kind, that's the the kind level of discomfort that I'm trying to describe. Oh. When a salesman comes back to you with their offer and then they just sit there and pause and watch you. Yeah, that's And bad. you like don't even want to make eye contact, because, eye contact because it's so awkward. And so I feel like that was the first time that I actually noticed that maybe somebody was checking me out or whatever you call it but it was so blatantly obvious and weird yeah and you're that's not how someone's gonna get your attention how's someone gonna get my attention they gotta be smart okay they gotta be um let me think about this funny oh yeah (laughs) Tanner likes a good laugh. And that was not funny. That was awkward. Strike one. <laughs> I don't know if you were smart, but. Um, you got to be loyal. Tanner likes a good loyal person. Doesn't everybody? No. Oh. I don't think so. I think most people don't expect that from the average anymore, you know? Okay. Because the world is so nuts right now. All right. Um. And you got to not play hard to get. Oh, yeah. He won't do the hard to get. I think everybody would be much better off. There's so much beating around the bush. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to be so guarded about connection and things like that. Right. Why? You'll never be, you'll never like, I don't know, maybe it's a flaw of mine, but like I want to max out my life. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I want to know as many things as I can. I because I'm just fascinated with the learning stupid and world all that the things that are available. From from the youngest age, I can always just remember like I've always traced things backwards. Let's hear it. You know, I was like, okay, so I, I remember being in church all the time, all the time, thinking about these things. What an appropriate place to think about these things, right? <laughs> It made my teacher so upset, I think, with me, probably. I wonder, you know, I'm going to ask my mom, see if she ever got any complaints about me. Because I'm working backwards. I say, okay, I'm, I'm alive right now. And then there's like my dad and my grandpa. And there's people before him. And then before you know it, you know, you're on the Mayflower. You imagine your people coming <laughs> over from the Mayflower. And they probably didn't. And then you're like, okay, before then. And I know I've heard about like, like Chinese dynasties back in like the 1200s. And then you go even farther back, and then you're like, okay. And you know that there were, like, cavemen. Right. All right. And recorded his. And what was before that? And what was before that? And what was before that? And, of course, being in church, God created everything, right? Uh-huh. So well, now's the time to ask. So then I would ask my, my Sunday school teachers, well, where did God come from? Nobody knows. And they would say, well, he's a, you know, and I grew up in the LDS, the you know, um, the Mormon religion. And they believe that, you know, if you, when you die, if you go to a specific kingdom of heaven, they believe in different kingdoms, like levels of heaven. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go to a certain level, a high level of heaven, the highest level of heaven, that you get your own world. Like you are the god of your own world or the goddess of your own world. I didn't know that. So, so he's a so so our God, the one that we know now, is a 
achieve the highest level of uh-huh of 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 heaven of hen- of heavenness of heaven and he is the god of our world oh and so on and so forth it's a lot of worlds <clears throat> coming and so i'm like okay well where did his god come from <laughs> and it's so infinite and by and pretty soon even at 7 6 young you're like this sounds kind of like a cartoon <laughs> What a nothing answer! Yeah, you know it's it's just it, well, you just have well, to believe. Well, it's a god of that of 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 that world, and it's a god of that world. Okay, but where did it start? Who created the first god? There's no answer to that. But you would be the one to ask that question. Yeah, to at every age group. I remember all the way up until I was like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, probably. I and would ask. The, I would. I would still ask those questions. Yeah, you should ask your mom if any of them ever complained. Ever complained to me to to them. He's a sweet boy, but he's questioning our faith. But anyway, I would just I, and I, you know, I've you, we'll never maybe never know the answers. Probably never know the answers, you know. But I would I would work everything backward. And my mind has always just been blown with how much we don't know about anything. And it's so weird that we're here anyway anyway and we can communicate and talk and have these lives and it's relatively short you know if you believe the earth is billions of years old mm-hmm. and each human is only alive for well, it used to be only like 40 years 30 years yeah now each human is alive for 80 years so yeah out well, of out of the billions of years old that the earth is i mean you're nothing you're a you're a fraction of a second <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. your life is extremely short we think it's this big old deal and there's just so many mysteries anyway so i want to max out my life and i feel like what i was getting at the only way really to max out the connection and the love point of your life is to go all in yes it's true is to you know just surrender everything completely you can you can know everything you can you know i'm, I'm all in and if it doesn't work out i mean i tried yeah i mean there wouldn't be any doubt. But I don't feel like I could ever max out that portion of my life holding back. You know, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. You've always been like that, though. <clears throat> very loyal and very, um, you know, trusting. You've always been super trusting. Yeah. Which is... At least in that department. That's good, because then I'm like, if he trusts me like that, then he must think that I can trust him like that, you know? Well, I don't know about that. just kidding but um yeah i I don't know it's always been weird to me there you see it i would always see it in like movies and like books and everything and like that the a very common narrative is like i'm afraid to let him know that i love him or i'm afraid to know you you know i'm afraid to commit to this relationship because i was be hurt i was hurt before or whatever that's not fair and it's like grow up yeah i mean you're not going to trust this whole new person that had no idea of your life previous to this. You're going to make him pay for the consequences of some other, or it's not the logical. actions of some other human. It's not logical, but no. it's common. Yeah, but but it's really silly. I mean, I don't know. And 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 if you do fall in love with some person under these pretenses, and you're holding stuff back of like yourself, you know, you're missing out. Well, not only that, but like. Over time, let's say you get married, over time, 
parts of that are going to leak out and maybe all of it's going to leak out and you might be in in your in your partner's uh eyes be a completely different person than they thought you're not you didn't they didn't fall in love with you they fell in love with some made-up version of you that you were making up yeah and hiding the rest yeah it's bizarre people are so weird yeah but it happens a lot yeah too often um but anyway yeah what else do people need to know for me to like them (laughs) um you're not someone that is crazy about people that go with the trends you know what i mean you like some individuality again i think um that's one of those things of just maxing it out yeah you you it's endless with the kids yeah of trying to keep up with well you know they call it keeping up with the joneses and well now nowadays it's like keeping up with the with kardashians the <laughs> and yeah and you know by our own kids admission and by lots of others kids do things not because they enjoy them they listen to music not because they enjoy it they listen to or the, you know they wear clothes not because they like the way they look but because that's with the trends. Mm-hmm. Like the pants Lily was wearing today. It's a thousand degrees outside. It's a false representation. You're wearing of canvas full on bell bottom pants. It's a lie. Everybody is, everybody, you know, wants to cast all these stones about liars, people who are liars, you know, and everybody constantly lies. Oh, yeah. Um, you have a hard time lying. Well, I don't know. You're just so honest. It's so weird to me how, like, it's such a bad thing to lie about. I don't know. What's a common thing to lie about? Um, calling in sick. Yeah. It, like, it's a bad thing to lie about something like that. Like, there are, there are lies that are okay and there are lies that are not. It's yeah. A, it's okay to lie about the type of person that I want to be. I saw a meme today that said something like, uh, I want my 13-year-old daughter to know something about being having a lot of integrity, but also to know that she's 12 years old on the child's menu or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you got to check yourself a little bit. Yeah. It sucks when your kid, when you know that your kid sees you lying about something. Yeah. <laughs> has to happen sometimes. But think about the think about the long-term ramifications of that. When you're a kid, you start making decisions because somebody else says this is how you should be. You should be wearing these Nike shoes. I don't really like them. And they're not comfortable. They actually hurt my feet. Super but... poor quality. Yeah. But someone else says that I should like them. You're telling yourself a lie. You see other outfits, other clothes, other styles that you like, but couldn't do it because of the judgment of it. So you're lying to yourself. And the long-term ramifications of that are way more severe and way more lasting than lying about calling in sick or lying about even stealing $20. Yeah, that's I mean, if that's a lie. Yep. And one is okay and one isn't. Yeah. But it's still, they're both lies. (laughs) Well, and the severity of one in the long term, I mean, and just impact Mm -hmm. is way more severe. Mm -hmm. But that's the one that's okay. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) People are backwards. Yeah. And that you have always said that too. Like, just 
shoot it to me straight. Like, don't make me beat around the bush. Okay. Well, I mean, think about this if you're talking about relationships. Okay. Like, if I'm not going to go put a pair of pants on and and they look horrible on me and you tell me that they look nice just to be nice. You would never do that. It's, you would it say, doesn't do you good and it doesn't do me good. You would say, no, babe, I don't like this about it or that about it. Yeah. Think about this. You're talking about like, I think one of the the biggest problems in a relationship is like a, a trust thing, right? And every time you tell a white lie like that, and again, that's one of those, those, I don't know, stereotypical is not the word I'm looking for. It's, um, you know, one of those regular narratives, one of those frequent narratives that you see on, you know, pop culture, TV, um, Mm-hmm. You know, movies, music is where the the wife is trying something on, you know, or she comes out for date night or something. Wait, does it, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> and there's, you know, it's always the the loaded question, you know. But every time you tell a lie, you degrade, you degrade your integrity. It's true. And and at some point, you're always going to be in the middle, or even worse, because somebody knows. Because either either your integrity in your own eyes because you're degrading yourself every single time or the other person's eyes if they are, you know, in, in their eyes if they know that you're lying. And they usually would. Because yeah. oftentimes they know the answer before they ask the question. Yeah, that's true too. But think about it in terms of relationship. <clears throat> Does anybody want to pretend to be someone they genuinely are not for let's just say a relationship, a relationship starts when you're 25 and you die when you're 80. So what is that? 75 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, 65 years, sorry. Okay. Do you want to pretend to be somebody else for that long? Mm, no, nobody long. does. Okay, no. so I'm going to be, I'm going to be me. Doesn't that seem logical? Because then whoever we connect with, I'm already, I've already been me this whole time. And I, they there's, still there's love nothing you. different and they still love me and we're, we're doing great. <laughs> no, 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 no. The the norm mm-hmm. is to pretend to be somebody else. <laughs> wait, why? Wait to get married under false pretenses. Maybe have a couple kids. Ooh. And then the truth comes out. You hear it all the time. It's the narrative. Yeah. People want to pretend to be someone they're not. They want to wear clothes that they don't really care about. They want to do a job that they don't really care about. And eventually, push comes to shove. The truth comes out, and the partner says, this isn't the person I married. And they're out. Then you're in trouble. And then you have all the problems. You get divorced. And then, you know, kids are, you know, have the different sets of parents and, you know, the broken home. And then, uh, (laughs) you know... Statistically speaking, more... and then the false child support claims, <laughs> you know, in broken homes, and then there's uh, more crime. Why don't we just be truthful? And it's maybe all we related. Could, maybe if we were just a little more truthful about who we are and what we care about, then maybe there'd be less crime. Maybe. <laughs> See what I'm talking about when I'm working things backwards? That's what I'm talking about. You must be exhausted because I'm. Ready to go to sleep now after that. I do it all day, every day. Really? Every day. Always. Backwards. 
It's fascinating. I'm surprised you have time to sleep. Well, I mean, think about it. It's fascinating. And I mean, maybe I'm just wrong and full of it, but it, it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, because how are you going to know everything about somebody and know this person genuinely? They're 100% themselves. And you're like, you're, you're like in love with them and you're attached to them. How is that going to change over time? If the true core of a person is expressed to somebody else and they both understand each other's, you know, just core genuine selves. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't change. It doesn't change in 30 years or 40 years. It doesn't change when, you know, there's a trauma in life. It doesn't, when there's a death, it doesn't, it never changes. Yeah. Because you know that person. You know each other that deeply and it doesn't change. But people don't do that. They want to set themselves up for failure. And look at all the ramifications that come after after divorce. It's true. There are lots of proven statistics. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Just do whatever you want to do, man. And but be you. That's what I'm saying. From the get. And gosh, I gosh, it's so crazy. I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, start telling those truths. Like me being Cuban. <laughs> If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe for more. Also, if you want to get a look at some of the behind the scenes stuff, follow us on Instagram at the May December podcast.